This is the Hypothetically Sound Podcast, hosted by Alec, Kevin, Randy, and Xavier. A show that explores the maybes, how comes, and what ifs of life. Join in on the unfiltered, raw, and real conversations today. Welcome back, everybody, to Hypothetically Sound. Thank you guys for listening and or watching the podcast. Uh, today, uh, it's a special episode. We're going to take a look at a very popular psychological and social experiment that was done in the 70s. Now, this social experiment has come back to light and become popular again ever since Colin Kaepernick took the knee uh, during the NFL game and they got blackballed by the NFL. Uh, she's appeared on TV, interviewed on Jimmy Fallon, a bunch of different shows to bring up her uh, experiment she did to kids. Now, the person we're talking about is Jane Elliott, and you might know her from the documentary on PBS that we all watched right before this podcast, uh, or you also might know her from the experiment that's named itself, the Brown Eyes, Blue Eyes Experiment. Like I said, it's a very popular one among teachers nowadays. Uh, I, myself, in high school, helped a teacher uh, do it to a class, and in college, I have used it in different classrooms. Uh, in different presentations, and I've conducted this study once myself. Uh, so I think it's very impactful, and I think it'll be a good topic for us to got, to talk today about. So, guys, after watching it, what was your first impressions of the brown eyes, blue eyes experiment? It was actually really effective. I I think, um, yeah, I think Xavier's right. I think it's uh, pretty effective for the most part. Um, kind of unfortunate that it's uh, something that I think is necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just think like how is effective though is effective across such a wide range in terms of different emotions that it made people feel. So yeah. I think that almost like no matter what seat of life you're in, you could relate to, you know, not not enjoying the feeling of feeling lesser than someone else or anything like that. So um, not only that, it brought out you know parts of the anger that it brings with. Um, so th- I think I think it, it definitely was effective across a wide range. Definitely. Uh, now, I, you guys say you thought it was effective. Uh, so do you think that this experiment actually changed these kids? Because uh, when we were first, when you first start watching the, the PBS documentary where she's in the classroom from the original one, uh, these kids are throwing around the N-word <laughs> Like mm-hmm. without any hesitation, without any like tongue in cheek or anything like that, like they're just saying it, and uh, they go on because it shows them in the present uh, at the time of the documentary being made, coming back in Washington. They said that they certain parts of the life have changed. Do you think it's true, or do you think they're just saying it for the camera? Mm, I definitely think it's true. I don't think you know that soul experience changed their entire life but i think that it opened the doorway for them to be um to recognize when those situations happen or to be maybe slightly more mindful to it subconsciously i would imagine yeah i'd say uh for the most part i don't think any of them are really making up not subconscious (laughs) sorry no it's fine it's fine i don't think any of them were like making it up to like even try to fit in uh there was one guy in the reunion that seemed kind of uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had a mustache. He he looked like he tossed around a hard R occasionally. I'm not gonna lie. Um, 
<laughs> but like, <clears throat> yeah, no, he uh, definitely like besides besides him, all of them looked like comfortable, more comfortable talking about it and giving like real life experiences. So I think it stuck with them in a positive way. Like Xavier said, it's just something that like they see something happening and it's like triggered the memory. More woke to it, rather, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, <clears throat> Alec and I currently live in the South, which is known, like, when you think of racism, you think the South. You think the Bible Belt, the whole nine. This documentary takes place in Iowa. And now we all grew up in the North, in the Midwest. Uh, do you think a documentary like this is shedding light on the fact that the Midwest is actually extremely racist but they hide behind this midwestern nice this minnesota nice that is stereotypical of the midwest it's not surprising to me hold on it's it's really not surprising to me uh i think um i spent a lot of time i mean me and you both randy spent a lot of time in minnesota and in wisconsin and like i went to you know small town USA uh at Stratford and um I had a lot of my friends that were like I don't think they they're racist people but like just, just like a small town mentality that like tr triggered a lot of it and they would sometimes say racist shit that I don't think they like fully meant for example like to justify some things uh they would like walk down the street or see on the news something about a uh, african-american doing something bad They'd be like oh i hate black people and i'll be in the vicinity and they'll quickly go like oh but not you i don't see you as black like to justify it you know because to them black people is all stereotypes mm -hmm. like they don't have the experience that like someone in the inner city school who who, who does go to school with, like multiple types of races and stuff to experience more of the culture and the people and realize that we're all just the same, you know? Yeah. Like there's good and bad of each race. That's what I was about to say. I think I think, you know I think everyone's racist, just gonna say that. One hundred percent, yeah. And I think that, you know, there are certain stereotypes that every race hold about other races and things like that. So I think that, you know, Unfortunately, it's just everywhere. Yeah, and what, what's crazy is, like, in the South, and just timer down here, people are open mm -hmm. about how they feel about things. Mm -hmm. No one's hiding. I remember in when I talked about earlier about doing this with in high school, the reason mm -hmm. it happened is because uh, it was Black History Month, and in Hudson, uh, in our history class, we literally talked about it for two days. And I noticed it during my class period that ki kids were afraid to ask questions. Like, I was essentially leading the discussion on race because I was the only person of color in there. And I brought it up to my teacher afterwards, and I said, I, like, we were talking about, I was like, could we do an experiment? Can I, you lead your normal class on the first day and record it <clears throat> and see what they do without me in there? And then the second day, let me come sit in the class and see how things change. And as we thought, like, during the first day, like you see in the documentary, they're open to talk about these things. 
because they don't have to worry about offending or appearing a certain way. Because in that room, they, everybody looks like them, so they don't feel like they're going to be judged. But as soon as I come in the room or a person colors in the room, they're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of being labeled a certain way. And they don't discuss these issues. And well, it's a, Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, or it's like if you're in class, Xavier, I'm sure you probably maybe experienced it like you're in history class. You talk about like, you know, slavery or some shit and kids instinctively look at you. <laughs> did you not I, have that? I don't think I don't think I did because I was fortunate enough to go to school with a very, very, very diverse amount of people. Um, that's fair. That's fair. And I it was never even a thing. I mean, there is enough, you know, people of color in the room to be it almost I'm not even lying. In some cases sometimes felt like they were the majority <laughs> um in some of those classes. So and that's how it was until uh I moved to Hudson. And mm. we went to school in Minneapolis and like it was vice versa. I was in mm. I was in classrooms that were ninety eight percent people color. of color yeah. and then two percent white. And so it was completely different in like then I didn't notice it because it wasn't a thing. No one cared uh, about appearing racist. People just say whatever they wanted to say. Mm. And then in high school, that happened. And then when I went to college uh, in a 400-level class, so the, one of the highest classes you could take in our ethnic racial studies department, uh, we just start discussing white privilege. And uh, we, we sat around in a circle when we were talking, and what shocked me was for easily 90% of the class, they hadn't met, like, legitly, they hadn't met a person of color until they got in college. Like, that that's, I think, the huge issue with rural Midwest, is the lack of diversity, and when you're getting all of your information from news, and movies, and TV, you get those stereotypes, those racist stereotypes that we all know are in the media, and that's all you know. And so, yeah, you turn on the news, like Alex said, and a black guy kills somebody. God, I hate black people. All they do is kill people, because that's all you see in the news. And these kids are, like, growing up with that idea that this is all that's going to happen. They only do rap, and they or are they really good at basketball, and things like that. And this experiment brings that to the forefront for these kids is you're seeing things a certain way because that's how they're geared which leads me into the next question uh about the documentary for you guys you saw in the documentary that she started with the brown eyes and told them they were smart and they they completed her uh cards in like two minutes and 30 seconds yeah. and then the next day she told them they were dumb and it, it took, took them four minutes, minutes. yeah mm-hmm. Do you think that is what uh, kind of allowed uh, segregation and slavery to last so long? Is they were so indoctrined into this idea that they were dumb yeah, that sure. they couldn't one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's that's the real thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally a tactic used in not just applied there, but it's applied in all over the place in the workplace and you know everywhere. Yeah, everywhere where you can benefit by making someone feel a certain way that it's you know it's there oh yeah 100 oh, yeah. yeah. if you count if you count kind of f- fucking words if you constantly uh degrade and make someone unsure of themselves they're 
is a very, very good chance that these people will not rise up. You show that you, you try to prove that you have no power. They have no power. You, you, you know, degrade them. You make them feel like they're not smart enough to even come up with a coop. You know, they begin mm-hmm. to believe it. And yeah, you, you believe it. Like, like, Obviously, uh, I remember Kanye West once tweeting in one of his controversial uh, breakdowns. He was talking about how uh, slaves chose to be slaves because there were so many slaves against so little masters and all that. But like, that's literally the power of of putting people down like that is like they think I'm not good enough to even attempt to do this even with a full group of people, like logically, if you like, if I'm in that situation, it's easy, but like when it's actually happening to you, whether it's something as terrible as slavery or the workplace or whatever, when it's happening to you, you doubt yourself and it affects you. It affects you like with everything you do. Cause you're just not sure if this is the right thing and you don't want to get that punishment, that belittlement, that whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Jane Elliott, in the documentary, she doesn't just do this experiment to kids. Uh, this experiment was what made her very popular and allowed her to travel and teach an experiment to other teachers and do it for other people. In the documentary itself, that will be posted in our description so you can watch it after the podcast. Uh, she also does it at a prison, to prison guards. And mm-hmm. you can see in the documentary how, like, it took kids talking to other kids uh, for them to get angry in the children's version of the experiment. Like they got angry at each other because they used the power to belittle each other. Mm-hmm. But in the adult version, it's just her talking to these people and inconveniencing mm-hmm. them very minimally. Oh, like she made the brown eyes in this experiment sit in the hall for 40 minutes. Blue eyes. Or blue eyes uh, to sit in the hall. Uh, for 40 minutes and then they came in and they were just so angry and like she constantly like went at them questioning their logic and they got so upset uh why do you think it took so little to trigger adults compared to the children so i personally believe that um this this one comes down to privilege 100 like you you uh grow up it's, uh, and you're not used to being treated in such a way. And like, it doesn't matter what color you are. Like, we we grow up, you know, we go to whatever training or whatever. You instantly just sit down wherever the hell you want. You just do whatever you want. Like, it's a freedom thing, right? And you start stripping away that freedom. I think like being 30, 30 years of never having that ever happen to you, and it's suddenly happening to you, but not other people. And uh, I think that like, amplified like what the what what the fuck's going on why am i not in this select group that's getting treated right you know Mm -hmm. uh and i think like in that group particular i think obviously blue eyes is mostly uh predominantly white um that these guys definitely around that time never had some shit like that even like remotely close to them happen right Mm -hmm. so it was like an instant like this is bullshit what's going on you had that one lady that like snapped on uh i forgot her name the teacher jane elliott thank thank you jane elliott um instantly snapped saying how this is unfair and try to go at them and everyone else is just like sitting there quiet because they saw how bad that uh 
random blue eyes got yelled at for talking back and how that one that wasn't paying attention got belittled. Mm-hmm. And you could tell like everyone was sick of it on the blue eye side, but no one was like doing anything. Like, even the dudes are like submitting to everything that was happening. And I think they're just like unfamiliar, uh, familiar with it, uh, potentially scared. And then obviously angry because like, it's just all new and instant. It was like no warning whatsoever. They just walked in there. were told, Hey, your blue eyes wear the scarf. And then they saw other people get treated better. Mm-hmm. I think too. Yeah. I totally I th- forgot where I was about to go. <laughs> That's fine. Good. Uh, and I think at least my biggest takeaway from watching documentary and studying Jane Elliott, as I have in my life is that it's an experiment that needs to be done when people are kids. Cause you said as adults, they have the privilege mm. and understanding uh, of how their life is shaped already. Yeah, and I was going to say, um, I don't even necessarily know if it's privilege as much as it's something that's ingrained into your system. So if you grow up a certain way, and that's just, again, all you know, rather um, than anything, you know, when someone tells you it's wrong, or your parents are wrong, so then you naturally are going to go into your head and go, hey, how are you going to be someone to tell me my mother and father are wrong, who worked very hard, who know what they're talking about, you know, you start to look at all of that, all of that so that's going to be, you know, definitely a reason why someone could be combative and i can definitely understand from their aspect you know why they were being competitive because it's human nature to defend the ones that you love and things like that um but yeah once broken down a lot of them started to really kind of look at it like yo it really does not feel good to have that feeling of oppression or have that feeling in the room um and just have to sit there and deal with it I was going to say, I think the craziest thing is, is that like these kids and uh, these adults like instantly just like, well, the kids, it took, it took like a couple hours Mm -hmm. and the adults, it took less than an hour for them to like break and they weren't even getting treated too poorly. Like Jane was at most being rude. Yeah. Like saying Mm -hmm. just rude shit, not even like name calling, just being like given generalizations. And then when they did something, be like, see, they're loud and obnoxious. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't given much. And yeah. just that little bit was enough to, like, teeter them over the edge of just everything. Mm-hmm. And she talks about it all the time. Like, she's giving you literally a drop of what people of color, especially in the 70s, 80s, were facing. Uh and people couldn't handle it. And uh, as I'm talking, you guys, if you look in our description, you see I posted two more clips to uh, Jane Elliott things. Uh, one is a clip of uh, what she did with high school kids. And it got so bad for this one girl that she, like, blew up at Jane Elliott, left the room, and then came back and, like, was, like, huffing and puffing. And Jane Elliott was like, you need to apologize to all the people of color in this room. Because they don't have the privilege to just get up and leave. This type of thing is every day of their lives. They can't just leave their color. And this girl literally just wouldn't apologize. She was like, sorry, the world sees. And she's like, no, I want you to apologize for like asserting your privilege over these people. And, and like she just wouldn't do it. And so she just left the building. And then the biggest one that she's probably known for is she went on Oprah. 
and did it to Oprah's audience. And they freaked out. <laughs> like, because Oprah let certain people win, gave them special treatment, and then didn't let the other people win. And at some point, one of the audience members brings up that, uh, why can't people not see color? Why can't we just be a melting pot? And Jane Elliott uh, said a quote that I think is, like, it's a smart way of looking at this idea of a melting pot. Uh, she says, we don't need a melting pot. We need a salad bowl. You put in the different things you want, and you want all of the things to be independent. The veggies, the onions, the cucumbers, the peppers. You want them to maintain their identity. You appreciate the difference in the salad. A melting pot, you don't appreciate the differences because it all melts together. She says, we want a country of differences, not a country of the similar things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And like Jane Elliott has, has obviously has her naysayers. People, there are groups out there of color who see her as a race baiter, that see her as exploiting people of color to get fame and money, and uh, see her as not really super woke, but like woke enough to make a difference uh what do you what is your take is it just do you think that's just haters being haters or yes from what you saw yeah. you think it's haters 100 percent because uh-huh. she's being successful in making making a statement known you know everything that everything that you would want to do she's doing she's mm-hmm. bringing light to it that's that's all you can ask for yeah i think um and one of the things, uh, one of the clips you posted was a Facebook one, right? Yeah. And in the comments, there were a few comments in there that, like, people were essentially going at Jane for, for being rude to the girl that ended up crying and not wanting to apologize and taking that girl's side. And uh, I personally don't see nothing wrong. I felt like if um, a, uh, one of the black students or Latino, Latina students in there decided to um act up i feel like they get treated the same way right mm-hmm. uh 100 like nothing that she has done has told me she wouldn't treat them the same way mm-hmm. but um and i'm sure during her experiments she she's had colored people on the brown eyed side and had them switch to you know deal with that stuff as well yeah um there, there's nothing wrong with it, and it's something that needs to be done because you shouldn't have someone reacting and crying over having to deal with not being able to sit next to someone and being told they're stupid because it's, it's literally just words, right? Yeah, it's the same argument that people use against like the N word is like it's just words, get over it, right? Mm-hmm. But like, there's there's zero reason to d- defend that. Like, it's something that's necessary. Like having people react that way is why that experiment exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question. Uh, and then uh, we can look to the fo- future. Uh, after watching it, uh, another issue that comes up with this is that uh, people believe the experiment is unethical and does more harm than good to kids. Uh, do you agree or disagree? And would you allow your kids to be part of an experiment like this? I 100% would. 
And I disagree because there's no harm that can be involved in terms of exposing an individual to what it can feel like to do that to somebody, whether it be based on eye color or hair color or nail color or whatever, whatever you think of ear size, nose size (laughs) Um, (coughs) or anything like that. So it's, I think it, I don't think it would be ever harmful. And the only time I think that it could be harmful is if the, you know, support network for that child goes and abuses the fresh exposure to that sort of thing. Um, If they abuse that, then of course it would be negative. But if they embrace that in terms of accepting others and things like that, it can only be more successful. And that's exactly what, from my angle, what I feel like she's trying to do. So. Um, is just start that exposure. Uh, yeah, I I agree with Xavier. Um, I don't think it could harm kids unless abused. Um, if anything, I mean, during the when they brought back those third graders, now that they were older, you know, some getting married, some about to have kids, some with kids, you know, they uh, they said that it made them closer as like a family. Um, I think doing it with young children is probably better to open up their eyes and make them kind of realize it than wait until they're even in high school. Like example, that one girl crying, bitching and leaving, refusing to a simple apology. Sorry that I, you know, walked out because I couldn't handle this little bit of discrimination. Um, like people are set in their ways with the adults like a lot of them are like oh yeah like now if i see something happening i'll be a little bit more aware of it but like i think it's less effective with adults because you're probably setting your ways for the most part or will have a harder time to open yourself to it like you deal with it and it was like oh that one hour was hell and then they just go on with their day doing what they normally do i agree um I hope anybody who listens and watches the documentary or anybody who's watching in general, like took something away and understood what it's like to be in a person of color's shoes for a little bit. Like it's not gone. It is still prevalent today. And like, I understand that you yourself may not be racist or stereotype people or this or that. But understand, at large, there's still a, a massive amount of people in the world who are. And not just being not kind... Even, yeah, go ahead. Not even just that, but, you know, the ways, the way we've been brought up, even if unintentional, there are a lot of stereotypes that you hold as a person that you may not realize that you have until you really stop it and look at it. Um, and that's completely unintentional but you know everyone has them everyone has generally grown up around someone who has instilled some sort of view of something on them um and with stereotypes or just think just anything in general you know be more open to realizing if it's based towards a race or anything like that also yeah sorry ran uh i don't also no one is born racist we're all born into a racist field society and it's something that we grow up and learn whether you want to or not. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something that can be learned. 
if time and time has improved again, it's something that can be unlearned as well. We just need to work for it. And it's not just white people. It's it's literally everyone of every color. Like, mm-hmm. in, including, like, I, I say stuff all the time, like, oh, that's a white person thing, you know? Like, that right. 100% is racist and is something that I, I should and need to work on. And I think that's an important thing. We're not saying we, us three, are perfect in understanding yeah, even by with any my means. Uh, even, even with yeah, the jokes or anything like that, like, you know what I mean? Like, even, even that, like, you even, you know, it, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Everybody, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. I didn't mean to talk. I was just saying everybody's learning, and it's just about looking at yourself and seeing what you can do to be better to people around you. Mm. And like I said, we're all learning. Like over the course of the last ten years, like I made sure to take out words in my vocabulary that are offensive to others. If someone's finding Mm -hmm. it offensive, just don't do it. Like. Who cares if you don't find it offensive? If it hurts someone else, like just don't use it. It's not that hard. Uh, you can live without it. No. But uh, I mean, you. yeah, go ahead. If they're offended by you saying the or you know things like that, yeah. But if it's know. bullshit, it's bullshit. But if you know it's wrong, then mm-hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this world that uh, we can't change, but change the things you can and just better yourself. It's not hard, as I try to lose weight <laughs> it's hard but you know what i'm saying just make the changes you can and look out for people yeah. around you love one another uh but thank you guys for the conversation obviously this topic is massive and we took yeah. a very broad stroke even at this small sliver of it uh we mm-hmm. could talk about this for hours and hours uh mm-hmm. in the future we'll obviously come back to different race things i want to talk about talk to you guys about being mixed in your experience of being mixed in today's society. Uh, big, one, big one. For sure. I want to talk about white privilege and other things like that where we'll have guests on to talk about it too. Uh, but for now, it is that time of the podcast where we are sellouts and do our shout outs. Uh, so thank you guys, as always, for listening to the podcast. It means thank you. the world to us. It does. Uh, as always, if you like what you see people wearing, for example, Alex's shirt, Xavier's shirt, the artwork that's usually behind me, go to our merch store, sirboudet.com slash merch. All of our things are there. Uh, check us out on YouTube, on Podbean. We mm-hmm. have a Twitter now, uh, high, po- high Sound Podcast. Uh, we we're everywhere. Yeah, we do. We it. do have a Twitter. We just when did we get a Twitter? Uh, like uh, last week. Yeah, last week. Oh, thanks for the memo. <laughs> no problem, man. You just lost see of these. Shout yeah. out to everyone that's uh, willing and trying to make that change. Like, it's a... Go ahead. Finish it for me, baby. You got this. I believe in you. Run it. I just want to make sure it was awkward there. Uh, I fucking hate you. Anyways, we actually, like, it's really good to see that there are people out there willing to make that change that they need to make. Mm. And it's appreciated even if you don't think no one notices it's definitely mm-hmm. an appreciated thing like bettering mm-hmm. yourself and being kind of people is, yep. is great yeah mind and heart opening your mind opening your heart exactly and as always make sure you like comment subscribe let us know what you thought of the episode of jane elliott and let us know what type of things you would like to see from our october 
series of events that we're going to be putting out. Let us know if there's Pumpkins. movies you want us to review. If you want to see us a carve a pumpkin, we can uh, go. Just let us know what you want to see. Y'all, y'all do that pumpkin though. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I'd be surprised if you couldn't par- carve a pumpkin. Carve a pumpkin. Me? You, you do, yeah, you do art. What okay. do you mean me? I don't. Who's I've the... only I've only ever carved a pumpkin like twice in my life. Oh, so you just can't do pumpkin carving? At all? I I do like I I'm one of those people that get like the pumpkin carving set bitch the whole time I'm doing it. And I have like a template, and I never use it. I just make like stupid ass like triangle eye and and, and mouth thing, you know. I'm like, good. But you do, but you do art. I do do art, yes. But I don't okay, do so pumpkin carving. It's not. I my was just asking. Medium. Yeah, it's yeah, just not yeah. my medium. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. You, you should get it because it's not my medium. Like I'm. Just yeah, saying. man, I get it. I get it. Don't uh, worry. Not not the medium. <laughs> I'm gonna beat your <laughs> ass next time I see you, dog. Yeah. Be fighting. I oh, shut all. Infamous angry all folks three yeah, nipples. <laughs> yeah, all three nipples. Yeah, <laughs> all you three, have three nipples. nipples. Sorry, what are you talking about? You, what, what are you talking about? You got three, dude. You straight up were like, I got three nipples. You pulled up your shirt with like one, two, and the point at the yeah. Third that's one. what I, that's what I did. Yes. Oh, what yes. are you pointing at? Whoa. You said three nipples. You showed me <laughs> twice. I swam Never. with you. I, don't even, don't even try to hide your nipples. It's out in the world. They know. You got a big ass forehead, big ass nose, three nipples. Yeah. You got an extra, a little bit of extra of everything. <laughs> we love you guys. This is, thank you. Thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sound. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full unedited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypotheticallysound.